Hey everyone, um, I wanted to do a podcast yesterday, but I wanted to wait until the Suns-Warriors game that happened tonight, uh, just because I wanted to talk about the Suns and the streak, and it would have looked really dumb if the Warriors had beat them by like 45 points, and it just would have looked dumb, so I just I just wanted to wait until tonight. Um, so yeah, let's talk about the Suns first, I have a couple other things to talk about as well, but the Suns are the big story to me because, like, I'm a real like I. It feels weird saying like I'm a real basketball fan. Oh, I'm I'm a real hip hop head. You know, I'm a real rap fan. I like the you know rapity rap stuff. No, no, no. I'm not saying it like I'm not saying it like that. Where I'm a real basketball fan, but I don't really care about like the like the narratives and shit like that. I just care about like who's good, who's not good. You know, who's interesting, and the Suns are really fucking good. Like. I can't remember the last time a team was 18 and 3 and did not get covered all the time. I imagine they might get covered a co- a little bit now, but it's mainly going to be because they beat the Warriors. So it's not even about like what the Suns have been doing have been doing. It's it's that they they find they beat the Warriors who everyone, you know, was riding on. So I wanted to talk about the Suns in a couple of different ways. One is just you know, how come people don't trust this team to win a championship, really? Like, people, like it always seems like like they're that really good team, but people don't really believe in them for some reason. And I think it's a couple of reasons. And one is that they don't have that superstar. They don't have that top five, six, seven, eight guy in the league. And if you look at most of NBA history, like, those guys are the ones that win the championships. And even... And the thing is, those guys that win the championship that are like the top five, six, seven, eight players in the league, top ten superstar players in the league, they have good rosters with them. Like they, they, they have the depth of these teams that are, you know, don't have a superstar but have like a great roster like the Suns. So the superstars usually have like the good depth and everything along with you know the superstar themselves. Uh, so this Suns team doesn't have a superstar. I do think Chris Paul last year in the playoffs. After like the Lakers series when he got fully healthy against the against the Nuggets and the Clippers, he looked like a superstar. And a lot of like half of that Buck series, he looked like a superstar. The only thing is, I'm just not sure he can do that like consistently because you'll definitely see him have some games where he's just managing the game because he just doesn't have it in him. Like he'll he'll take four shots, five shots, six, seven shots, and that's it. And he'll he'll be fine with like his. Seven, eight points and like 12, 13 assists. He'll be looking to pass a lot more than, you know, put in some effort into scoring. So he can't do it consistently. And maybe in the playoffs, because you get the days off, um, that he was able to do it because of that. Um, so I think Chris Paul at times can be a superstar, but it just can't be for like long stretches. So he, I don't think he can do it for a hill, for a whole playoff run. I think he can do it for, a series, two series, uh, and uh, a game here and there. But mostly he's going to be... Because there was a stretch, he was averaging like 24 points and like 10 assists. So if he can be 24 points, if he can get you twenty like 25 points a game, 24 points a game, then he's a superstar. But I don't think he can just do that consistently enough. So he, he he's kind of like... He's obviously better than Gobert, but he's kind of like that where... 
I don't I don't believe Gobert would be a superstar. I don't believe Chris Paul to be a superstar. But they have the impact of a superstar. It's just that when you face a real superstar, you can tell the difference. Like when Rudy Gobert plays, like if you think of Rudy Gobert, like some people had, uh, like John Hollinger, I think had Rudy Gobert as like a top five MVP MVP candidate. But then when you when the when the, not the Rockets, when the the Jazz play a real MVP, you're like, oh okay. When you play Jokic or Embiid, oh, you see the difference between, you know, Gobert and those guys. Like, those guys are another level. Um, so, yeah, like, I, I feel the same way about Chris Paul. But the thing is, Chris Paul can turn into that superstar at times. And then when it comes to Booker, I just don't think he's a superstar. I just don't think he does enough things at a dominant level. Like, he's a great mid-range shooter, an excellent mid-range shooter. Really good close range, really good close range shooter and a good post up player. But the thing is, I like my like my scoring guys to get to the rim a ton when nothing's working, and I just don't think Devin Booker does that. Like if you compare him to like the two, I don't want to say two way guys, but like the scoring Arsenal guys like him. Like if you just compare him to Let's say Kawhi. Kawhi would dominate inside when he needed to. He would get to the paint constantly. He would, you know, get to the free throw line 10, 15 times a game. He was at the rim all the time. He was putting pressure at the rim. Devin Booker doesn't really do that. He settles for a lot of jumpers, and it has a lot to do with just size. Like, he's got good size, but he doesn't have great size. So that's that's one of the things. And the other thing is, I just don't think he's a great playmaker i think he's a good playmaker i think he's a fine playmaker but he's not a good great playmaker so that's one that's another thing with him and defensively he's gotten a lot better but he's still not like i, I would say he's a, a average to above average now but he's not good or great or elite so i don't consider him to be a superstar and uh you look at the other guys on the team so like jay crowder is a good role player Mikel's an elite role player uh deandre is a good um, I guess another role player as well. Um, and then you look at their bench. It's Cam Johnson's good. Campaign is good. Shamit is fine. Um, who else do they have? Kaminsky is fine. Like, I, I, Kaminsky is a player that I think in the regular season I don't mind, but in the playoffs I really don't want to play him. Uh, McGee's probably fine. Uh, so, sadly, so, I think Sarek's out for the whole season. That really sucks. Um, so, yeah, like, they have good depth, and they have just good two-way players everywhere. But to a lot of people, if you don't have that top five, six, seven player in the league, you don't really have a chance of winning the championship. So I get where people are not excited about them. But at some point, it's just you got to look at what they're doing and be impressed and think of them as a real contender. Like I saw on first take, Stephen A talking about their championship window is closed. I'm like, are you insane? How can you say that about an 18 and three team that's just dominating everyone that beat the Nets? That beat the Lakers. That swept the Nuggets last year. That, you know, beat the Warriors tonight. Like, how can you say that about it? How can you say that? I just don't understand. Like, I get, I guess I can understand how Stephen A can say that because he's a hot take artist. But there are players, there, not players, there are people who just don't, who are always like, yeah, I can't see the Suns winning championship because they don't have that top tier guy. And for me, I have my own championship formula that I'm still working on. I think it's I think it's has a good base, 
but there's still other things that I have to work on. So my championship formula is, uh, a su- like it, it's a point system. So a superstar is worth three points, a star is worth two points, an all-star caliber player is worth one point. So a superstar is like the LeBron, Kawhi, KD, Giannis, Steph, uh, Harden when he was healthy, Luka, Jokic, Embiid, like those guys. Um, Dame for a little bit. Uh, if Dame can get back to what he was, then him as well. AD, if he can start making some jumpers, which he did tonight. But if he can get back to making some... that I'll, I, Just one thing about AD just quickly. I think AD is a superstar talent. But I think you can only see it when you pair him with someone else. Like when you have LeBron doing all the offense stuff, running everything, you can see all the impact that AD has on defense, you know, sometimes rebounding, offensive rebounding, rolling to the rim, protecting the rim, you know, switching out switching out to guards and wings. Uh he's a good passer. He's a fine play he's a fine playmaker out of the post. He's a fine post uh post up player. I think he takes too many, you know, jumpers, but like he's got a nice hook shot. He's got some good footwork. So you can see him as a superstar he's a superstar when he's playing next to someone else. But by himself, he's not. He doesn't have that same superstar impact. But he does have that superstar impact playing next to someone else. Like there are some players that if if like Kyrie has the same impact, whether he's playing next to LeBron or not playing next to LeBron. Anyway, so let's talk about my my formula. So it's superstar is three points, star is two points. So like a star would be like Paul George, Kyrie, Booker. And those type of players, like the secondary guys. And the third third uh, point, like the one point is for all-star, all-star caliber players. Like Drew Holiday isn't always going to make the all-star team, but he's an all-star caliber player. Kyle Lowry might not always make the all-star team, but he's an all-star caliber player. Same with like Mike Conley. It's those type of players. So I think the Suns have, but I'm, I'm, I'm still working on, like, so, like, there has to be some point given to, like, a Mikel Bridges who's just a, you know, lockdown perimeter wing defender. And he can make, like, 40% of his threes. Like, Kawhi in 2013 and 14, and I think even 15, didn't make any all-star teams. But he's better than, like, some all-star players because he was such a good defender. He can make open threes, finish at the rim. Like, just because he, he, but he didn't make the all-star teams... Because he wasn't averaging 20 points or whatever. You know, it's, and it's similar to Mikel. Mikel's not, like, that caliber of defender. But he's a great defender himself. He's probably going to make, you know, an all-defense first or second team this year. But he's not quiet level or anything like that. Uh, but, like, those guys should get, like, some type of point, you know. Like, should it, should they get half a point? Should they get a full point? I'm not sure. I really, I really don't know. Like, for a third guy. Like, if I, if I didn't tell you who your first or second guys are... Would you rather have Sabonis or would you rather have Mikel Bridges? Would you rather have Vucevic or would you rather have Mikel Bridges? So that's kind of just what I mean. Like, I'm not sure. Like, they're not all-stars. Like, I don't think they're all-star players. But they are good players that probably deserve some type of point. And I do think someone like, like, a, like, a, defensive, like a defensive big, like Clint Capella... I think he probably deserves like a point or like a half a point at least because he single-handedly can like make a a bad, you know, defensive team average to above average. 
Uh, so like maybe they deserve a point, and I think a three and a good three and D player probably deserves half a point. You know what? Not good. I think it has to be an elite three and D player. Like, cause there's a lot of good three and D players, and I don't think they deserve half a point. Like, I don't think Robert Covington deserves half a point. I don't think Danny Green, like you know, twenty twenty Lakers Danny Green deserves half a point. Like that's that's way too much. I think someone like Mikel Bridges does. I think someone like uh, OG last year. I think OG's, you know, he's injured right now. But I think OG this year, his defense was not as good as it normally is. I think mainly because he was trying to score 20 points a game. Um, but his ideal role would be scoring like 15, 16 a game and just being the best wing defender in the league. Uh, so someone like him, I think those guys deserve half a point. And I think a defensive a good to great defensive big probably deserves a a whole point because they're just so much more valuable than like the wing guys. Um, like a Clint Capella probably deserves a full point. I think a Miles Turner, Miles Turner probably deserves a whole point. I think uh, that's just what I think. Um, so yeah, then then you also have to think about like how much does coaching matter? Does the coach deserve half a point, a full point? I don't know. Like though, like that's that's the type of thing I'm still working on. You know, how much does the bench matter? How much does the sixth man matter? You know, stuff like that. Those are those are things I'm still working on. Does just does Jordan Clarkson really deserve half a point for being a great sixth man, like that scoring punch? I don't know. I don't think so though. But maybe it has to be like the entire bench. Like if you have a great bench, a like great depth, maybe you deserve half a point or a full point. Uh like the twenty nineteen Raptors. Twenty nineteen? Yeah, twenty nineteen Raptors. They had Fred off the bench. They had Powell off the bench. They had Ibaka off the bench. So they're bringing a bunch of great player, good not great players, a bunch of great, actually a bunch of great bench players off the bench. Off the bench, of course. Where else? Where else would the fuck would be coming from? So I'm just trying to like there are there are certain things I'm still trying to fully figure out. Just how much, how many points to give them. What I'm also trying to figure out is exactly how many points makes a contender. I think six. I think if you reach six points. You are a legit contender. So ideally, if you just look at the Suns, let's go. You got Booker and Chris Paul. Both are stars. That's four points right there. Does DeAndre Ayton deserve a point? I'm not sure because I'm not like the biggest Ayton fan. I think I think I, I like him a lot. I just don't know if I'm the biggest. I, I'm just not the biggest Ayton fan because I don't think he's this. I think it's mainly because people want him to get the max. And I'm like, there's absolutely no way you should get the max. Because you just look around the league, it's like Jared Allen's making twenty mil a year, Capella's making like twenty two mil a year. Ain's really like fifteen million better than them. No, no, he's not. Um, so I think I think maybe that's why I'm a little lower on I'm a little lower on Ain. But he's a he's a really good player. I don't think he deserves a full point, but he definitely deserves half a point because he's a good rim protector, but not a great or elite rim protector. So I'll give him half a point. Mikael deserves half a point. The bench. Like, I said it's good, but it's not elite, so I'm not going to give them any points. Does Monty deserve a point or half a point? Maybe. I'm not entirely sure. For now, I'm going to say no. So you just look at that and four points for Chris Paul and Booker, one point for Mikel and uh, in combined. So that's six points right there. I think they're like, and I think it, I think that goes by what I think of them anyways. I think they're a contender. I think they can, I can see them holding the championship at the end. 
so yeah, that's just how I feel about the Suns right now. Um, one thing I would I would like to see is DeAndre more confident in the post because he's really good on switches. Like if he has a smaller guy on it, he can just he holds the ball up high and just finishes over them. But I saw him post up against Draymond a couple times, and he just has like no idea what he's doing. So I would like to see more Aiton. Um, post not I guess not post up, just him being more confident in post ups. Because down the stretch, he had one post up on Draymond where he just traveled right away, like he couldn't move Draymond even a little bit, and he ended up traveling. So I want to see if Aiden was a little bit better. If if I could if I could really trust him getting me 18, 20 points nightly on like actual post up touches or whatever, like I get him the ball instead of him being spoon-fed everything, then I think I would like this team even more. It's like a real favorite. All right, let's talk about another team. I want to talk about the Wolves a little bit. So, what the, like, the Wolves are, I think, 11 and 10, yeah. Uh, the interesting thing is, I thought Chris Finch was an offensive mastermind. But there, when I, for most of the game, when I watched their offense, I'm like, this is not good offense. Like, sometimes they look good. But especially at the end of games, it's like, yo, what are you guys even doing? They just stand around, like, and, you know, sometimes Edwards might make a tough shot. D'Lo's been making crazy tough shots. Uh, Cat makes a tough shot. It's, but they're not running anything. It's just, I'm going to dribble around for a little bit. Okay, I have nothing. You dribble around for a little bit. You dribble around for any, a little bit. And that's all they do at the end of games uh, specifically. But, you know, they have three guys averaging a combined, what would that be, 70, almost no, 65 points. It should be even higher. Cat should be averaging 27 points. D'Lo is shooting, like, poorly right now. But he's coming along, and I think he's going to... I don't know if he's going to... He's going to shoot better. And I think that'll probably increase his average by, like, one or two points. Edwards, he's not shooting well right now. But I think Edwards has... You just watch Edwards this year from this year compared to last year. He's, he's, a, lot, he's a much better player. Defensively, he's improved... So much. And what shocked me the most is how much better D'Lo has been on defense. He's been, like, really good on defense. On ball, he's okay. But just as a team defender, I think he's been really good, really solid. So that's something I've been impressed by. And when you went into this uh, season and you looked at the roster, you were like, yeah, they have the makings of a pretty solid defense. And, you know, they're top 7-8 right now. Edwards took a step up on defense. D'Lo's playing good defense. Beverly, of course, is a good defender. McDaniels is a good defender. Vanderbilt's a good defender. Okogie's a good defender. Reed's a okay defender. Torian Prince can play some defense. So, like, they had the makings of a good defense. I just thought it would be defense and offensively they would be much better. But they haven't been great offensively yet. And if somehow they can maintain this level of defense while also getting better on offense, like, Cat maybe is, like, instead of... Hey, Edwards, instead of you taking 19 shots, I'm going to be taking 19 shots. If Edwards starts shooting it better, if D'Lo starts shooting it better, if Malik Beasley finally can make a fucking shot, they're going to be even better. And, uh, you know, one of the reasons they've been so good is they, I don't want to say they take the right shots, but, like, you look at someone like Edwards, he's a bad mid-range shooter. He's he's just not a good shooter right now. He's a, I would say he's okay. Like, he's not a good shooter right now, and he's a horrendous mid-range shooter. But what he does is he's like, yo, I'm a bad mid-range shooter, so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to take threes. Instead of mid-range jumpers, I'm just going to take threes. 
if I'm making like 34% of my mid-range jumpers and I'm making 34% of my three-pointers, I'm just, why would I even take mid-range jumpers? They're worth less points and I make them at the same clip. So he takes a lot of threes instead of mid-range, which I do like. Uh, they take, they take I think, the second most. Let me just make, let me just make sure on this. I'm just making sure entirely. Ooh, where is the yeah so they take the most three-pointers in the league so that that's one way to like amp up your uh offense just take a bunch of fucking threes um and right now they're actually like Delo's not making them he's a good three-point shooter malik please not making them he's a good three-point shooter beverly's not making them he's a good three-point shooter mcdonald's isn't making them he's a, a decent three-point shooter so you know T- T- uh, torian prince is not making them he's a decent three-point shooter so I expect D'Lo to get better, Malik to get better, Beverly to get better, McDaniels to get better, uh, Prince to get better. So right now they're 21st in three-point percentage, fourth in makes. I could see that even being much better, like top 10, 15 in three-point percentage, maybe top one in makes. And the other thing that they do really well is they crash the fucking glass. So Edwards is getting one and a half, Cat's getting three, Beverly gets one and a half, McDaniels gets one and a half. Vanderbilt's just a beast on the offensive glass. Just a monster. He's getting three a game. That's only in 20 minutes or whatever. And if you look at it since he's become uh, like their starter, like their official starter. Let me just do this right now. He's getting four a game in just 24 minutes a game. So he's just he's just a monster on the... And he's so, I, w- I was shocked at how quick and fast he was. Because he's a, he's a guy that I think could legitimately guard one through four. Probably not all the fours. Like, I think a Giannis or AD and some others might bully him because he's not, he's not that... Like, he's got good size and, like, a good wingspan, but he's not really... He's not particularly strong. So I think that's that's a problem that he has. He's not particularly strong, but he's... I think he's a great defender. If he could consistently knock down threes, which he, he, he just can't shoot. He just can't shoot. If he could, if he could have made threes, this team would have been excellent. Uh, if McDaniel's could have been better, like he's still very young, so I'm not like saying he sucks or anything like that. I'm just saying if he if he could have made like 36, 37 percent of his threes, um, then I think this team would have been really interesting. Um, right now, though, I think I'm buying all their stock because, like I said, Delo's not shooting well, Malik's not shooting well. These players that typically shoot much better from three than they have. They're not shooting it well, and they're 11 and 10. Defensively, they're playing really hard. So I think they have an even higher offensive ceiling. And I like that they crashed the offensive glass because they're top two in offensive uh, rebounding. And what that does is they're top uh, four in field goal attempts. So even though they're only 26th in uh, field goal percentage they're and 21st in three-point percentage, they just get so many shots at scoring the ball. So... And I, and I expect them to be even better than that. Um, so, yeah, what, what else did I want? Uh, this team got me a little bit worried, though, when they started sliding a little bit. Where, you know, they lost... Um, how many did they lose? What was it? Six in a row. So, they were three and seven. And then and then at one point, they were four and nine. Yeah, so five games under 500. And one thing that annoyed me was this cat and his loser talk where he was like... You know how it is in Minnesota, you know, 
a four-game, you know, losing streak and turn into 13 games real quick. And he just pissed me off a lot with the way he was talking. So I didn't, I'm, 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 a, I'm a Cap fan, but, like, that really annoyed me. But I'm just glad they turned it around. You know, Ant was like, you know, we're not losing. Deal finally started showing up. They're playing great defense. And, uh, you know, they got some good wins. They got some good wins. You know, they beat the fucking hell out of the Grizzlies while they were entirely healthy. Jaw was healthy back then. They beat Miami pretty handedly. They beat the 76ers with Embiid. They beat the Pacers who are, like, the Pacers aren't, I wouldn't say are a good team. But if you look at their point differential, they're like, they're losing barely. They're barely losing these games. Like, they're in all of these games and, you know, they just, they just don't have, like, their entire team. So their next game is Washington. Then they have they have a, oh fuck their next four games. That's t- actually even more than that. Holy fuck! Oh my god. All right. So their next let's see one, one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen sixteen. Their next sixteen games, I think, are going to be against all playoff teams. If they can go, if they can be five hundred after this stretch, they're for real. Like there's no there's no other way to say that they're not for real. If they can go even five hundred in this stretch, because they have Washington next, Brooklyn, Atlanta, Utah, Cleveland, Portland, Denver, Lakers, Dallas, Dallas, Utah, Celtics, Knicks, Jazz, Lakers, Clippers. What the fuck? Who made the schedule for them? This is brutal. This is this is a ske- this is a stretch that can really just break a team because you lose three, four, five in a row and it's like, oh fuck. And then like teams just give up. You know, Carl Anthony Towns is definitely gonna give up with the way he's fucking talking. Um but hopefully they don't. Hopefully they don't get discouraged if they lose two, three, four in a row. Hopefully they're like, hey, you know what? We're gonna go win the next game. Because oof, this is tough. This is tough. If they can come out of this, like not even 500, if they can be just two games below 500, three games below 500, I think they're in a pretty good spot. If they can go just, let's say, 7 and 9, 6 and 10, I feel like, I feel like that's fine. I feel like that's probably fine because that's, that's a tough fucking schedule. Because I'm just looking at this, I'm like, I'm just thinking maybe they can win, maybe they can probably beat Washington. They can probably beat the Cavaliers, Portland. Maybe one game against the Mavericks they could win. They could probably they might be able to beat the Celtics and the Knicks. Uh maybe the Clippers. I don't know. The Clippers have handled them so far, so I don't know. I could see them winning maybe five of these games. But after that it does get easier. You get Oklahoma twice, you get the Rockets, Pelicans, Grizzlies. And then it gets fucking tough again. Holy shit, this is horrendous for them. Jeez, it's a tough schedule for them. Um, but I, you know what? The, the Wolves have a lot to be excited about. That's all I'll say. All right, next. What else do I want to talk about? I do have some notes. Let me just look at them real quick. Uh, I'll just talk about the Lakers. I just I watched the game, the Lakers-Kings tonight as well. I'll, I'll just say, I'll just have a couple of quick notes from that. If the Lakers are going to play big, it has to be Dwight. Over DJ. Like, DJ got benched, like, three, four minutes in the game. And the thing is, when you start DJ, you might as well just start the game down five already. Because that's essentially what's been happening 
the entire fucking time. So they really did damage in the third and the fourth with Dwight because he's so much better defensively than him. His hands are always up. His, dan- his hands are always moving. He's a better uh, rim protector than him. And he's probably a better rebounder than him too. Like I think DeAndre's, DeAndre can get rebounds, but I don't think he boxes out as well as Dwight does. Um, and like Dwight's been a former defensive player, defensive player of the year, so he knows what the fuck he's doing out there. And I think, you know, in the, if you're going to play big, well, I, I, I can't imagine you want to play big the entire game, but like you want to start big so AD doesn't have to play so many center minutes. If you want to limit 80 center minutes, it can't be with DeAndre out there. It has to be with Dwight out there. And hopefully after this game, it is Dwight for, you know, just those, I don't want to say token center minutes because Dwight can be like a solid contributor. Uh, The other thing is Russ after his first three games, like he was horrendous to start the season, like his first three games. Since then, he's been 22 points, eight and a half rebounds, eight and a half assists. On 46% shooting from field, 34% from three. And his free throws have improved a lot too. I think for the season now, he's at 72%. But he, he's he been he's been more reliable at the line as well. Uh, and aside from that, Russ had some just absolutely ridiculous assists tonight. Just crazy assists. He had, he had one where he did like the LeBron spin in the lane. Threw it behind his back to Wayne Ellington for the three. Um... So he, one thing I do wonder about, though, is when you get down in a game like this, because usually Russ is like, yo, this is my team. I'm going to take over now. But it's also like, yo, I have Anthony Davis. So how do you find the balance between I'm going to take over, but it's also like let Anthony Davis do some stuff too because he's probably thinking the same thing. Like, let me take over. Or you guys could develop like a two-man game where you can both be like, oh, you know what? We're down six, seven. We have to really get into this. You and I, two-man game, five, six times down the stretch. So that's something that they have to work on, I still think. Uh, but I thought that was a really good win for them. They finally blew a team out. Anyways, let me see what else I have. Let me see, Not what else. Let me just see what else, what I have on my notes. Because I did have some notes. Um, I did my son's talk already. Let's talk about driving pet peeves. So I was... I drive a lot every single day. You know, I, I think it's probably like... 60 kilometers probably every day you know going to work going to work coming back from work sometimes i have school sometimes i have to drop you know my family off other places um so what i'll say is my biggest pet peeves are indicators people not using them like people just switching lanes out of nowhere it's like i understand this whole idea of not letting you know, people know your next move, but it's like, can you give me your next move, bro? We're driving. Like, this is this is serious shit. At least let me know. Like, are you going to turn left? Are you going to turn right? And the other one is when you're making a left turn and you're like in the middle of the road, the car that's coming from straight ahead, dumb not telling you that they're about to turn as well so you can turn. It's so infuriating because they'll get right up to... Um, the point, and then they'll give the indicator like, yeah, I'm about to turn now. Give the fucking signal earlier. What the hell? What are you doing? So that really pisses me off. Um, other than that, I'm not sure. I think the indicators really piss me off. Like, people not using them. Like, I understand not using them when it's an open road and, like, no one's near you. 
I get that. But like when you're driving in traffic or you're driving with people next to you, behind you or whatever, use your fucking indicators. Uh, the, I guess the other thing would be people using like the high beams in areas you don't have to use the high beams. And he, I, I just feel like high beams should never be used unless it's extreme fog or some shit. Because I was driving home, and I get home around, like, 7. And, like, now it's still, like, kind of dark at 7. And this motherfucker has his high beams all the way on. I can barely see what the where the fuck I'm going because he's blinding me. So, like, what the fuck? So that really bothers me. Uh, what else did I have to say? Uh, Dexter, New Blood. I think that's been pretty good. Like, the thing is, I watched, like, the entire, the original Dexter probably like six seven eight years ago so i don't like i don't remember i that's that's a show i could rewatch, and i think it would be good because i don't remember much or any of it i remember like the characters but i don't remember like the episodes or like the seasons what happened um so that's a show that i could definitely rewatch. but just on the new blood part it seems more silly than the original like there's definitely a lot more silly moments which i do like you know which yeah which i do like i think so far the story's been good I think it's been interesting. I think I've enjoyed all the episodes. And it's... Um, I, I I heard it's a limited time series. I think this is something that... Well, I, de- I guess it would depend on how the how it ends. But I would I would like to see a lot more of this. Like, especially if they... If they decided to do this, that means they probably... Like, I can't imagine they only wanted to do a limited time series. Like, if they could, I imagine they would do more. So hopefully, you know, it does well and they they decide on, hey, you know what? We can probably do more of this. So that's what I'm hoping for. Um, lastly, I think Don, like Kanye released Donna Deluxe. And I just want to say Up From The Ashes and Never Abandon Your Family are two of the best songs I've heard all year. And some of my favorite Kanye songs of all time. I fucking love them. I absolutely love them. Uh, they, they're, they're the songs that like give you chills. They're those type of songs. So that's my review of Down to Deluxe. I really like Up From The Ashes and uh, Never Abandon Your Family. I think those two are excellent. And um, that's it. That's it for today, guys. All right. Thank you for listening, everyone. You know why my spirit's calling. Darkness can't take light from me. Haven't you gone far enough? Sacrifice the ones you love. What would I say to everything? Your actions cause everything My, my, my family My family I'm losing my family me
Don't you love me?